Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Clark and Miller English Podcast. And if this is your first time here, well, just welcome. Welcome, it's good to have you here. Um, yeah, and you may have noticed, if you have a, a keen eye, that this is first episode in a while that isn't an interview. I've been doing a lot of interviews recently. They've been great. Uh, we have actually got one next episode too. I really enjoy them. But I thought we'd take a break from the interviews uh, today and give you a bit of a hot take. Now, you've probably clicked on this podcast from somewhere, right? So, uh, or tapped if you're on your phone or other devices that tap. And you, you, know, you know what this is going to be about. The title says it all. We're going to look at why the Beatles' career is just like your second language acquisition journey. What happened to the Beatles is the same thing that's happening to you, except probably you're not a multimillionaire. And if you are a multimillionaire, um, yeah, send me an email. So,、uh, yeah, so today、uh, we're going to look at the Beatles.、Uh, I'm a big fan of the Beatles. You may not be, and that's fine. I, I forgive you.、Um, but yeah, either way, whether you like the Beatles or not,、uh, this should be an interesting one.、Um, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to stop just babbling on.、Um, remember to visit the website, clarkandmiller.com. We have a blog, we have the podcast, we have、uh, things you can buy, we have things for free. And yeah, if, you, if you're interested in anything from today, just send me an email, gabriel at clarkandmiller.com. Okay, let's go straight to 1960. Okay, let's talk about the Beatles. Okay, so yeah, most people know who the Beatles are, I'm sure. You, you do basically one of the most influential music groups from the 20th century in the Western world.、Um, they had an incredible effect on, on most music we listen to now. And、um, uh, yeah, an iconic band. Every, you know the guys, very famous, 1960 ish to 1970 ish.、Um, and yeah, most,、uh, a lot of music. We just have around us all the time now is, is directly influenced by their work. And they have some crazy haircuts in their lives, too.、Um, yeah, so, you know, very important band, the Beatles. And we're going to talk about them today. And we're also going to talk about how people learn English and the learning process and the journey of learning English. But of course, first we're going to talk about the Beatles.、Um, so the Beatles. Over, they only had a career of like 10 years. It was a very short career, but it was,、um, it was very diverse. And they, they came out with lots of different types of music, lots of different styles.、Um, and, and they kept kind of transforming and changing all the time. And I want to, I kind of look at the Beatles as having sort of three separate forms. Phases, three periods during their decade long career, which I will call、uh, the squeaky clean phase, the weird and experimental phase, and the mature and wise phase. Okay, so we got it squeaky clean, weird and experimental, mature and wise. This is basically their sort of journey from around 1960 to around 1970. Let's look at them one by one.
So let's start in order with the squeaky clean phase. Uh, so yeah, they started out all clean and squeaky, singing about love and being nice, sincere lads. Uh, the albums over this period shot them to bigger than Jesus fame with like screaming 14 year old boys and mostly girls from show, shore to shore, show to show and shore to shore. The music was simple, three or four chord stuff sometimes. And, uh, yeah, worked on, uh, centered on, um, themes of love, holding hands, missing loved ones, being in love kissing lips, wanting to be in love, and other people being in love. There was a lot of love stuff going on. Um, yeah, and um, this was very, very clean and direct sort of music. Uh, they they weren't very surprising. It wasn't very crazy. Um, it was just very, very, very popular. Um, okay, so because this is all about language and language learning, let's have a look at some of the lyrics from the time. So here are the lyrics. I'm going to, we're going to look at two choruses from this period. Uh, the <laughs> lyrics for the chorus from uh, one of their very first releases, and it was a wildly popular song called Please Please Me. Are you ready for this very complicated or simple chorus? Here it goes. Lyrics for this song. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Please please me. Whoa, yeah, like I please you. There you go. Yeah, not Dickens, right? Very simple, very direct, very simple. Uh, squeaky clean. Uh, here's another example from a, an, another track from the, from the period. She loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Genius. Absolute genius. Okay, so as you can see, really, really simple, really, really direct um, and squeaky, squeaky clean. Lots of loving. Um, and also the music also matched the lyrics. Uh, like I mentioned before, very simple, very like three, four, five chords um, repeating themselves a lot. Uncomplicated, risk-free, clean, clean, clean. And here is a sample from one of the songs from this period. Hope we don't get kicked off Spotify for this. Close your eyes and I'll kiss you Tomorrow I'll miss you Remember I'll always be true And then while I'm away I'll ride home every day And I'll send all my loving to you we all know what's going on here um on top of this like the lyrics were simple the music was quite simple and they also looked really simple uh they had a very very particular style they all wore gray suits um they had kind of these sort of bowl cuts um in this period um they all look they all look the same as each other they all kind of look like um, carbon copies of each other. Very, very clean. Queen, clean, 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 squeaky clean, presentable. Interestingly, they didn't start like that. Um, when they started, uh, when they started, um, started playing gigs for the very first time, they, they did this thing in Hamburg and they were in Hamburg for a while playing at clubs there and they were just wearing leather, leather stuff and had their hair how they wanted it. But their manager, Brian Epstein, 
um, basically said, oh, no, no, you've got to be clean, clean, clean. You've got to look squeaky clean, wear these suits, all have the same haircut. And yeah, that's how they presented themselves to the world when they started. Uh, while we're here, notable albums from this period include Please Please Me, Twist and Shout, uh, A Hard Day's Night, and Help. Okay, cool. So that's the first phase. Uh, what about the second weird and experimental phase? Well, yeah, after a while, they got weird. Uh, it might have been hanging around with um, Maharashi Mahesh Yogi, who was a, a sort of guru for them, a spiritual guru from India that they, they got kind of uh, really into following. But also it might have just been the drugs because uh, it's no secret that the Beatles really got into drugs around this time. Um, but whatever it was, they went on to write some of the material that would cement their place in music history, taking a new psychedelic turn that brought in a lot of complexity to their sound that was almost completely unknown in mainstream music at the time. Not only did they start expanding the range of chord sequences and things like that, but um, they really messed around with experimental stuff. They they started messing around with samples um, and, and looping things. And um, yeah, they started to be much more than just a rock band that sung about love to 14-year-old screaming girls. Uh, it was, to use a cliche, a higher plane. So yeah, again, let's look at some lyrics from this period. Um, I want to focus. I wanted to focus on the choruses <laughs> for these demonstrations, but you know this middle period because it was so experimental has different song structures, so not so many choruses. But here we go. Here are some lyrics from uh, the weird and psychedelic and experimental stage uh, from Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly, a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. And uh, what about this one from Strawberry Fields? Living is easy, with eyes closed, misunderstanding all you see. It's getting hard to be someone, but it all works out. It doesn't matter much to me. And probably my favourite uh, lyrics from the Beatles, this, this part of um, A Day in the Life which is the name of the song, just because it's kind of funny. Here it is. I read the news today. Oh boy, 4,000 holes in Blackburn, Lancashire. And though the holes were rather small, they had to count them all. Now they know how many holes it takes to fill the Albert Hall. Right. So yes, what's going on there? No, where's all the love? Where's all the holding hands? Where's the I want to kiss your lips stuff? No, they're talking about marmalade skies, getting confused because your eyes are closed and holes in the Albert Hall. Completely different stuff. Um, and as these lyrics got complex, also the music did too. I mentioned that they were sort of experimenting with uh, sampling and, and unusual techniques. So here's, here's a sample from what I think is one of their most, um, most ahead of its time pieces, uh, Blue Jay Way. Thank you. 
And on top of that, they also looked a bit weird during this period too. Um, they wore clothes that sort of matched the music. I'm looking at a random picture. I just googled uh, Beatles 1967. I'm going to describe what I'm looking at. Um, so we got Paul on the left. He's got a pinstripe jacket, a purple silk T-shirt, um, and a pink and like grey silk sort of scarf thing. Um, Ringo's actually looking quite normal with just a, a weird moustache, and he's he's in a suit with a big red tie. John Lennon is uh, he's got his moustache. He's also got a very frilly green and blue shirt and a sort of fur-lined jacket with yellow with red flowers, big red flowers on it. He also looks rather happy. Finally, George, he's wearing a very multicolored shirt and a sort of purple uh, velvet jacket. So yeah, very, very flamboyant, very bright, very um, sort of expressive clothes, expressive music and expressive uh, sort of lyrics. Uh, notable albums from this period include Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Magical Mystery Tour, and The White Album. Okay, now I promise we will be getting to language and language learning soon. Please follow this uh, this line with me, and uh, when we get to the end, you'll see what's happening. So yeah, finally, the last stage, the mature and wise phase. In the mature and wise phase. So finally, as the band was starting to fall apart um, towards the end of their career, uh, the music took a more sort of reflective, mature kind of tone. They were growing up and the music reflected that. Uh, in doing so, it took on many of the elements of the early stuff, not just the simplicity, the earnestness, and a sort of lack of pretension, but also the uncomplex structures. So they kind of went back in a way. Um, they, they, they went back to simple, unpretentious, direct sort of music. They stopped, uh, there were no more marmalade skies or, or walruses or, 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 or uh, flying donkeys or whatever. Um, it, it became sensible again, but this time it was a bit different. It was wiser. It was better informed. They had already pushed the limits of the sum of their parts. You know, they pushed the limits of their, their creative skills in the, the middle experimental phase. And now they come back from it with a better understanding of how to express themselves well. And it's now not so much about love. Now it's more about good advice, being reflective, being mature about things, being a bit zen. Uh, here are some lyrics from a couple of tracks from this phase. Okay, so this is from uh, their hit song, Let It Be. And when the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be. For though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. Like, it's very wise, very mature, almost sort of like, a, like, like religious, almost. Like they're giving this sort of religious advice. Um, here's another one from uh, Hey Jude. And anytime you feel the pain, Hey Jude, refrain. Don't carry the world upon your shoulders. 
For, well, you know that it's a fool who plays it cool by making his world a little colder. Na, 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 na. So apart from that na, 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 na stuff, wise stuff, mature words. It's like uh, the sort of thing you might read in like a book of Buddha's teachings or something. And of course, we want to hear how the music sounded. And the music, as to be expected, was back to a simple, more predictable sort of style, a more predictable structure. Um, still wonderful, still fantastic, um, but never, never quite as simple as the first stuff either. So yeah, here's a sample from the late period. Hey Jude, don't be afraid. You were made to. Um, so yeah, very different. Again, a big shift, a big change. Um, by the way, notable albums from this period um, are basically both of them, Abbey Road and Let It Be. These are like the band breakup albums. Okay, so we've got these three stages, the squeaky clean stage, the weird and experimental stage, and finally, the mature and wise stage. The journey the Beatles took throughout their decade-long career went from this simple building up of complexity, making things more and more complex. That was like from the bit with all the love into the experimental stage. So this period, let's call it the development, the development stage. They were developing their skills. Um, and then it went into this over-elaborate doing everything at once, you know, with the tangerine skies and the holes in the Albert Hall and probably too many drugs. Um, let's call this the play with all the knowledge stage. And then finally, to a mature, controlled, enlightened by the previous two stages stage. The slightly less preposterously titled enlightenment stage. Okay, so we've got this sort of development stage, play with all the knowledge stage, and an enlightenment stage. And now, picture, if you will, a graph. And we've got a line going up and up and up. And as they're developing their skills, getting more complex, getting more experimental, we reach a sort of peak. And then it sort of goes down again as it becomes more mature. Never quite as simple as the first stuff, but it sort of goes down again. We get to this sort of um, back to basics sort of stage. Okay, that's it. That's the Beatles. We're done with the Beatles. So I'm going to go home now. No, just joking. I'm already at home. Um, now let's talk about language. Let's talk about English learners' development. Okay, so do you remember when you first learned English? How, how, how was it when you were communicating? How, how were you thinking? What were you thinking about? How, did you, how was your relationship with the language when you still had a limited amount, when you were still learning a lot, when you still had a lot to learn? Well, I noticed a few things over my career about people learning English, especially at the beginning, and also my own experience of learning second languages. 
Um, one major thing that happens when you when you start learning a language is that there aren't very many pragmatics. So what are pragmatics? Pragmatics are the ways we can interpret signals uh, through language, but also through reading between the lines. Um, so without pragmatics, all our language, all our communication is just very direct and very simple. There's not much joking going on. There's not much sarcasm going on. There's not much innuendo and implication and all that stuff. Just you say what you mean. Because when you start learning a language, you know, you, your relationship is with the words and you, you just need to be able to use the words and what, exactly what they mean first. Um, also, you know, people tend not to contract uh, so what do I mean by that? Like, um, instead of saying, you know, I, I don't want to go, you would say, I do not want to go, or I would have done it, you know, instead of I would have done it. Um, and also no ellipsis, you know, people, um, when they're learning English for the first time, read full sentences, you know, like, yes, uh, my brother does, my brother has a bicycle, but I do, I don't have a bicycle. Um, uh, whereas, a more advanced speaker might say, no, my brother doesn't have a bicycle, but I do. And, you know, just simple subject, verb, object, clean, direct sentences. Uh, another thing we do a lot uh, as sort of high level English speakers is that we drop the subject. So we don't say, I went to the, sh I went to the cinema yesterday. We might well say, went to the cinema yesterday. But with early level English learners, it's a bit different. When you're uh, low level, you're still trying to get a feeling for the language. So there's nothing weird like that going on. Everything is clean. Everything is squeaky clean and direct. A bit like the Beatles when they were singing about love all the time and said ooh a lot and wore suits and smiled too much. Yeah, the squeaky clean stage. Safe. No risks direct. Okay, so you see what's happening here. We've got this developmental stage, right? Um, and it's the same with the Beatles up until about 1966. And it's the same with language learners up to a certain point. Okay, let's look at the middle stage. Um, have you ever heard sentences like this? I'm going to look at some strange sentences and... Um, Sentences that quite good speakers of English actually come up with, but they just sound weird. So, for example, I hear things like this all the time. I graduated from the Department of Physics of the University of Marmara. Or, the friend of my cousin had turned back to London and came to my home. Or, because there is too much work, I don't have time to enjoy leisure activities. Okay, so these sentences sound a bit strange, right? And I come across sentences like this all the time, every day at work. These sentences all sound wrong for some reason, but most people, if asked, would find it difficult to pin down the problem. There appear to be no actual errors or mistakes in grammatical terms, and the vocabulary all makes sense, right? So what is wrong with these sentences? Well, Often, when sentences feel wrong, it's down to a word being used when a more appropriate synonym could be used instead, like do a speech instead of make a speech. 
But again, this doesn't cure this conundrum. To me, what's happening here is an overuse of language skills. The student has reached a particularly high level of language competence and might feel the more complex a sentence is, then the better their English is going to be perceived. Is that a familiar thing? Do you, do you see that in yourself or other people that, that, that they feel that, oh, I have to make my sentences as compl complicated as possible and then my English is better? It's a very strange uh, thing to think if you think about it, which I, which I just did. Um, fixing these sentences in order to make them sound more natural would actually require a sort of downgrading of the language. So instead of, you know, I graduated from the Department of Physics at, of the University of Marmara, you might just say, you know, I did physics at Marmara. Um, instead of saying the friend of my cousin had turned back to London and came to my home, you might just say my cousin's friend went back to London and came to mine. Or instead of because there is too much work, I don't have time to enjoy leisure activities. You might want to say because there's too much work, I don't have time to enjoy myself. Okay, so it's a kind of simplification process. I've noticed this trend among students within my own teaching um, on a regular basis. I've also seen such over-elaborate use of English in places and from people who should know better. Plaques in cities describing various tourist attractions. So much use of the past perfect and academics almost arrogantly showcasing their modal-ridden robot English and unable to have a normal conversation as everything appears to get lost in a fog of dangling modifiers and, again, an obsession with the past perfect. What I'm saying is that some people really make their English so complicated it's difficult to follow. So, like with the Beatles, when they got a bit too much into the psychedelics and maybe a bit too much into the meditating, it's at this stage when the learner has a respectful level of competence and confidence with the language that they start experimenting with their acquired knowledge. Now, I don't want to ridicule, ridicule anyone, and especially anyone who makes sentences like the ones I gave as an example. These are good sentences, and I suspect that this is a necessary stage of that long journey to high-level English or competent English or whatever you want to call it. It's like that classic saying, uh, art teachers always seem to be telling their teenage students, teenage students who just want to paint cubes like Picasso for their, for their art coursework. Um, they say things like, well, in order to break the rules, you have to learn them first. And I think this is a similar process. It's like wanting to draw like Picasso. First, you need to draw like Da Vinci. Well, maybe not that well. He was very good. Um, yes, so I've seen people getting stuck at this stage, this, this over-complex stage, having conversations about relatively inane topics, such as their favourite bands or what was on TV last night, but sounding like some sort of mad legal document. To me, the final stage of the learning process, if there is such a thing, there isn't, but let's say that for now, is to sort of deprogram a lot of what you have learned. 
using that impressive level of acquisition and honing it, streamlining it, humanizing it, or simply downgrading it. The English that emerges from this process, in the cases that I've seen at least, leads to a beautifully expressed, unpretentious and mature and wise use of the language. Mature and wise, like the Beatles in 1970. Mature and wise, like Hey Jude and Let It Be. So, yeah, be like 1970s Beatles. Be mature. Be wise with your English. Don't try and show off with all that you've learned, but instead use it as a basis and try to deprogram your language to sound a little more natural. Perhaps deprogramming isn't the best word, but a simplification process can really work out. Yeah, so to recap, we've got the general acquisition process. Um, as you start learning a language, you start using it and you're very direct and very simple and there's no time for risk or, or experimentation yet. And this is the development stage. The point where overcomplexity comes into the picture is next, you know, play with all the knowledge stage and uh, and start just experimenting with uh, with weird ways of using the language. And I think a lot of people, a lot of listeners at the moment may be around this stage because it's very difficult for people to get out of this stage. Um, so the way to do it is to think about getting into the streamlining process leading to what we could call the Enlightenment stage. Beatles 1970. Again, imagine that graph, a, a line going up and up and up as things get more complicated and then they get to a peak and then they sort of go down a bit again, never to the level at, at the beginning, but just sort of leveling off, plateauing at a sort of nice, comfortable, mature and wise, let it be, hey Jude, Abbey Road, English. Okay, and that was it. I have nothing to add. I just hope that you are still listening on Spotify and that they haven't kicked us out, or even worse, sued us for millions and millions of dollars. I know that the Beatles estate is very protective of their music, so that might actually have happened, and I may be in jail now, but that's probably unlikely. Anyway, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, we've got some great podcasts line up, line up, lined up. Um, for later and yes yeah, stay tuned meanwhile uh, i'll talk at you next time have a great and wonderful day bye bye